0: The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily express those held by this station or its advertisers, and are strictly the opinions held by those contributing to the show. Welcome to the Eric Little High School Football Podcast, your home for news, discussion, and opinions about high school football in the Mid-Ohio Valley. And now, here's your host, Eric Little. Welcome once again to the Eric Little High School Football Podcast. I am the namesake. Thank you for joining us once again on the program. We'll take a look at what happened here in the third week of the season. Plus, we'll take a look at last week's poll. We'll set you up with next week's poll question. And we'll take a look at some of these weather delays and talk about the issue of weather delays in high school football and how that affected some of the games this week. We'll talk about the games of this week, as we said, and we'll set you up with next week's poll question as well. We've got a lot to talk about here, so let's get right to it. Williamstown applied a pass rush, and they got a huge win over Marietta, and they raised a lot of people's doubts this week with their win against Marietta, and I'm not saying that people were doubting the Yellow Jackets because of anything the Yellow Jackets did or didn't do. I think the doubts of the Yellow Jackets had to do with the fact that this was a team that has a tough schedule ahead of them. After they lost to Wheeling Central, there was some very real thought that Williamstown could have an 0-4 start to the year with Magnolia, Marietta, and Ravenswood ahead. They got Ravenswood this week, and that's going to be a big win because Ravenswood's off to a hot start this year, but they dispatched Magnolia. They picked up a win over Marietta. Marietta was limited to 215 yards throwing the football, and I think when you're facing a passing attack like the Tigers have, and a quarterback like Corbin Alkire, if you can hold that group to 215 yards, I think you'll take that if you're Williamstown. Alkire was sacked six times. The Tigers turned the ball over four times, so Williamstown's defense stepped up, and not that we hadn't expected that unit to step up, but we were talking about this on Countdown to Kickoff with Kerry Patrick this week. His concern was how would that Williamstown pass defense handle Marietta's throw offense and how they could throw the football. I think they erase a lot of doubts with that aspect of the game. That's why this is such an impressive win, because people weren't sure how they'd be able to do it. So they proved that they could do that, and then some, as they pick up a big win against Marietta. Big matchups for both of these teams this week. Williamstown, as we said, is going to go face Ravenswood, and I think it's one of the best games of the area. We'll see if Ravenswood's for real, plus Williamstown at 2-0, and continuing their road swing. Marietta goes to take on Ripley, and I love that matchup, because Ripley's an emerging program. They're 2-1 and now, after a big win and a rain-delayed game against Riverside, but Marietta faces Ripley, and they'll look to get back on the right track. Both of those programs, by the way, and I said this in an earlier episode, they both come in at very similar spots in their program. They've both won about an equal amount the last few years. They're both really trying to take that next step under head coaches that are really trying to shake off years of losing in those programs, so we'll see how successful those programs are as they move forward, but Marietta and Ripley is going to be a really exciting game, I think, in Week 4. We'll see how that one shakes out. Parkersburg High School back in the win column after a road win against Woodrow Wilson. And we found out midweek last week that Brenton Strange would come back from injury. And I think more than anything, that's a psychological boost. And I'm not saying that it wasn't a boost on the field and in the stat column because Strange did haul in a couple touchdown grabs in the game. You can't overstate that he is a factor there, but just knowing that they've got him back and knowing they're going to be close to full strength for this game, that has to help pump Parkersburg up. But also for Woodrow Wilson, that has to be a bit of an emotional a letdown there, and Strange was a beast in the stat column. Two of his seven catches were for touchdowns, 162 yards for Strange, so he made his presence known. And again... I've continued to insist it for much of the year. Parkersburg High School is a team that has top five talent in this state. Not saying that they have a chance to make it to Wheeling Island or anything like that because there's some very good teams in Class A, uh, but they could get there if the bracket falls out the right way. And anybody that sleeps on the Big Reds through a couple games, they are sadly mistaken. Another team that I think is better than their record would bear out, and oddly enough, they have the same record, is the Parkersburg South Patriots. Uh, missed opportunities again hurt South at a loss to Athens this weekend. Uh, they fell 26-16 to 16 in a game that they were right there in all the way throughout. That was a nineteen sixteen game until the final minute of the game when Athens tacked on an insurance touchdown. But the big thing with South is that they just cannot take advantage of their takeaways. They created four takeaways against Athens but only six points off those turnovers. South did turn the ball over three times, so they didn't play a clean game themselves, but still, Athens was able to get 13 points off of those takeaways, and that's a big difference in that ball game. When you get four takeaways and only six points off of them, that's not really maximizing those opportunities for what they should be. Uh, in a lot of ways, those takeaways are good defensive stops because if they come deep enough in your own end, they can really take the heat out of a hot kitchen, but if you can't convert on those and step on your opponent's throat while they're down, essentially, and use that momentum to get back into the game or to build a lead, then you're really not taking advantage of those to the fullest extent. Again, the Patriots have been good at creating takeaways. They have seven takeaways in the first three games this year. And they played an Athens team that's good at coughing up the football. Athens with 11 turnovers in their first three games, not the Athens program that they've been known to be the last few years. And I'll be honest, no disrespect to Athens, I wasn't impressed. I didn't see a team that had the discipline that you would expect out of a program like they've got. They've got a lot of talent, they have loads of talent. Uh, Good receivers, they've got speed, a pretty good running back in Evan Adams, and a good quarterback in Clay Davis. But I just wasn't impressed with how they handled themselves as a whole in that game. Parkersburg South, not saying they should have won but that and the University game are definitely games they could have won. You could easily be looking at a 3-0 South team right now. Unfortunately, they've just had some mistakes to work out that they've not been able to work out. We'll see how they do against Princeton this week doing that. Ritchie County got a big win over Frontier, and we'll talk a lot about the Rebels because I owe them a bit of an apology after last week's broadcast and after last week's incidents. Ritchie defeated Frontier 20-13 and that running game for Ritchie County too much for Frontier to handle. Ritchie County He ran the ball 46 times and 262 yards of rushing in the game two touchdown runs from Zach Klein, who wasn't healthy the beginning of the year, but is getting there now. Garrett Owens with a 30-yard run and they got a touchdown pass from Cody Wayne to last year's quarterback Tata McCloy. Ritchie County, if you're not familiar running a two-quarterback system, uh, they've used Gabe Ray at quarterback, they've used Cody Wayne at quarterback. Ray is the one that they've used running the football. Uh, Wayne is developing as the passing quarterback. Not that both can't do that, but Wayne, two of four for 45 yards and an eight-yard touchdown pass. That proves that Ritchie County, more than just a one-dimensional group, they can do a lot of things with the football when they want to do it. So Richie's got a big game this week coming up on Thursday against St. Mary's. Much more about that one later. But I owe the Rebels a bit of an apology after the Parkersburg Catholic incident. Last week I ran some audio on this show with Kerry Patrick talking about a goal line stand that occurred late in the Richie County Parkersburg Catholic game. By the reporting that I had been able to do and by what I would collected, and I knew the Rebels fans were upset with the officiating in that game, the best that I could discern was that the play in question was the goal line stand. I was it by Ritchie County's coaching staff in a manner Wednesday when I went over there that let me know that no, that indeed was not what the fans were talking about and that they had indeed heard what we had said about the shows. It was Thursday of last week, actually. I was over there. But the incident in question in that game prior to the goal line stand, Richie County thought they were in the end zone when they had a carry from the two-yard line that got them into the end zone for a touchdown but. The play was called back because an official had blown the play dead to throw a flag for a sideline warning against Parkersburg Catholic. I don't know how a high school official is looking 35 yards down the field to see a sideline warning when the action is in the red zone like that and practically at the goal line. I believe the ball was at the 2 at the time of the infraction. But I've never known that to be a dead ball penalty in any facet of high school football. That's something you throw the flag, you you say it after the fact, and you let the touchdown stand. The only thing I could come up with, and this was just me playing devil's advocate, the only thing I could come up with when I was talking with Ritchie County Head Coach Rick Hott was that maybe that was a point of emphasis for at least this particular officiating crew, if not all officials, the sideline warnings getting close to the field players safety. I don't know. That's the best I can do for an explanation. But either way, it seemed like Ritchie County got a really bad break against them and one that may well have cost them the Parkersburg Catholic game. I owe you all a bit of an apology out there for downplaying that incident and not even finding the right incident that uh, Rebel fans were upset about in the first place. Uh, I have been corrected. Apologies to Coach Hot, to the players, the fans out there. Sometimes you get it wrong. Uh, we vow to get it right as much as we can, and I will continue to do so, and uh, if I'm wrong, let me know. Parkersburg Catholic speaking of, they're now 3-0 and after their home win against South Harrison. We've talked about that before. That's not altogether a shock. South Harrison did go up 13 nothing in that game before the Crusaders real off, a scoring barrage, and they never look back. The end result, not altogether shocking, because we've known that South Harrison team wasn't what they have been last year, and they're not the perennial state favorites that they were under Brad Jett. But, to see Catholic down 13 points and still come back to win, that's a big deal. That's a big ticket item as Catholic goes to 3-0. and What I had been looking at for Parkersburg Catholic all year long is the idea of a winning season. When you go 0-8, it's hard to project the playoffs for a team like that, but, you know, a winning season is probably a pretty good goal for that group or maybe even 500 in light of a winless season or at least for most groups that's a pretty good goal but you look at this Parkersburg Catholic team at 3-0 now, and it's Kerry Patrick, actually, of DepthChartWC.com when he's been on the program. He's been the one that's talking about playoff points with this group, and I want to take a look at some of their schedule, because he has a very, very good point. Where will the playoff points come from? Catholic's going to go on the road to play a Wart County team that's really struggled this week. They lost to Gilmer on Friday, and Gilmer has really had a rough go of it the last few years. McCatholic gets both of those teams in back-to-back weeks. It's Wart next week, then Gilmer the following week. They'll host Valley Wetzel the 28th, and then at home Saturday the 6th in what's being billed as the first ever home game for Parkersburg Catholic. They'll play that behind the school over on Fairview Avenue in Parkersburg. They also host Notre Dame the following week, and then Williamstown and Hannon to wrap up the season. All of those opponents, Williamstown is the only one that's likely to have a winning record the rest of the way. But that is a very weak schedule the rest of the way for Parkersburg Catholic to deal with. So as I said last week, their marquee win, the win that gets them into the playoffs if they get in, may well be that Ritchie County win because the Rebels are going to win some football games this year. They're 2-1 and one right now, a strong chance to get a win Thursday against the St. Mary's team that struggled. But Parkersburg Catholic being able to take one in week two from Ritchie County, that may make their season. Right now for Catholic, you got to stay healthy and you got to pick up wins. Those are jobs one and two for that Crusaders bunch. There's no doubt that they can play with anybody. they got guys that could be on any team in this area. Ty Sturm and Jeb Boyce included Xavier Colley coming along as a quarterback. But that schedule is particularly soft the rest of the way. So for Parkersburg Catholic, six wins, seven wins, eight wins. That's not out of the equation and that's how many it may take to get this team into the playoffs. And that says something about their strength of schedule. That may be something that as they build this program, they may want to look to strengthen next year. I know that a lot of teams dropped them last year, and there weren't many teams that wanted to pick them back up. So it was tough for them to make a schedule this year, or tougher than I'm sure they would like for it to have been. So it's hard to tell how much flexibility they'll have with that, but we'll see how they do that as they build that program. Magnolia was routed at the hands of Shady Side this week. Things don't get easier for the Blue Eagles, as they will face River. That's a rivalry, but River has struggled with numbers, but you know they're going to give their very best to the Blue Eagles. It's Speaking of struggles, how about St. Mary's? Roan County ended a 13-game losing skid against the Blue Devils, uh, and St. Mary's has got a short week to prepare for Ritchie County. It's all of a sudden a game that has gone in St. Mary's favor a lot of times the last few years, but now it looks like the worm has turned in that rivalry. Ritchie County is going to be the favorite at Bill Hamlin Stadium on Thursday as the Blue Devils, now at 0-2, are trying to pick up the pieces and see what they can do out of their 2018 campaign. Stay connected with us on Facebook, like our page, the Eric Little High School Football Podcast. While you're there, answer our weekly poll question and feel free to share your comments or questions. Eric will get to those on a future edition of the show. Let's take a look at this week's poll question. It had to do with officiating. The question asked, are you satisfied with the level of high school officiating in the area why or why not? Uh, What I'm not surprised by is that we didn't get anyone bite on the why or why not part of that. I got to admit, I'm not terribly surprised to see that. I left it there just to see what kind of responses we would get. Again, this is a new podcast. This is only episode seven, so I like these poll questions to do a few different things and you know, it's still time to experiment and see what formats work and get the best responses and what formats don't work or what questions do or don't work. But I didn't expect a lot of people in this area to come out with their name and their face attached and say exactly what it is about high school football officiating that they don't like. Uh, and that's a tall order because the person you're burning might be someone you yell at from the standpoint Hands on a Friday night, but the person you work alongside at the factory, or the plant, on Monday morning, or even Saturday morning, depending on where y'all work. But we didn't get anybody that responded with any comments. That, but what really surprises me is we didn't get a lot of votes either. Only eight votes in this poll. Sixty-three percent of you said yes. Uh, you are satisfied with the level of high school football officiating in the area. Thirty-seven percent said no. As I said on last week's program, I think the officials do the best that they can at the two major facets of that job. And those two jobs are to ensure player safety at whatever extracurricular activity they're officiating and to enforce the rules of the game. And really beyond that, that's it. They're not there to serve any coach's agenda. They're not there to make up for any past indiscretions against some other school by another set of officials. Uh, They're not out to participate in some larger script or carry out some larger initiative. They're there for the two reasons I mentioned. They're there there to ensure the safety of your kids and they're there to make sure that everyone involved follows the rules, and the rules of the game are followed with a T. But they're human. Like I said, these are people that work in plants and factories and jobs like you and I. Maybe it's a delivery truck driver. Maybe it's somebody that is a shift supervisor at some local plant that has the ability to get out of work at 2.30 or 3 o'clock on X amount of days to go officiate. Football is one where you see a lot of people double up and do JV, middle school, high school, sometimes even college games on Saturdays, peewee games on Sundays. So as we said earlier, the the opportunity is out there if you want to become an official to officiate a lot of different games and look at basketball. Look how many games those folks log in the season. It's not out of the realm for them to log four or five games a week for the better part of three and a half to four months. And if they want to continue into the summer and the fall with the AAU and the fall leagues, they're certainly out there and they'll certainly take you. And that really gets to the point of why I wanted to bring this up because we have got to find a way to get new people into that system. We got to deepen the pool because there are a lot of officials out there that do the best they can. Uh, But their bodies are failing, their legs are failing, their mobility is an issue, and their liability to themselves and to the game. But also their eyesight's failing, their senses are failing. They've been doing this for a long time, and they need somebody to relieve them. So please step up and do that if that's you. If you're young, if you're just out of high school, and you want to stay connected with high school sports, and there's nothing wrong with that, don't just go sit up in the stands necessarily and, and be the fan that yells at that official. Maybe consider being the official. Maybe if being a cop or being a law enforcement officer appeals to you, but you don't want to go through all that, well, be an official. Lay down the law. And also... That's a good way to give back and get to know the, the local kids and participate in something that you know is is a good thing. You're benefiting a lot of people by officiating high school sports. You're allowing an activity to happen that gives kids something to do to keep kids out of trouble, it keeps kids focused on school and focused on other things. Especially if you're one of those people in the community that says, "Well, kids these days have nothing to do," and you know, kids these days are you know just into so many other temptations. And you know, why don't why don't you go meet some of these kids? Because there are some terrific young men and women that are playing in the sports that need officials and I think you're going to get inspired if you do find a way to participate in just how many of these people are really going to make good adults great adults in some cases someday and you get a first hand chance to meet those folks and you get to participate in something that allows them to take that next step forward so again rather than just joining the crowd do something about it be the change you want to see if you want to see officiating get better uh, they do the best they can the ones that are there but that pool needs to be deepened for a lot of reasons we're always going to have that need and it's a great source of revenue for people there's a lot of people that can make thousands of extra dollars a year, if their jobs are flexible enough, if their family and social lives are flexible enough to allow them to have that time to officiate, they can make lots of extra money a year and make some great camaraderie with a good group of folks that, that officiate and meet some coaches and, and enjoy a good camaraderie with those guys as well. But either way, we got to get new people. And I'm not sure how that's done. Uh, maybe it's to raise the pay. That's a good way to do it. Maybe it's to offer some incentives, uh, free training, I don't know, but I feel like that's the thing the SSAC is going to have to look at down the road. And they probably know that that's an issue that they face. They've been talking about it when we visit them for the football meetings for the last several years. They know that their pool of officials is getting older and needs replaced and needs replenishing and is in constant need of that. But we're now maybe starting to get to the point where they need to take some real steps to make sure that happens. And by real steps, I mean offer more money, offer greater incentives for officials, whether it's maybe offer mileage pay, bonuses. If you work a lot of games, Bonuses if you train officials. Maybe if you're a veteran and you step down and work a JV or a middle school game just to work alongside someone that's new. Uh, maybe offer you a bonus for that. A peer assistance program. I don't know. Something to incentivize both older officials to work with new officials and new officials to get into the game. But we got to do this and do it in a hurry or else we're going to be in a staffing problem. One of the cooler things I saw about officiating this weekend was the game I did, at Parkersburg South in Athens. And I'm not sure if this is typical of all Ohio crews, but in Ohio, the coin toss comes at 710, so you don't have that urgency of right before the kickoff. But the head official introduced himself, as we had it over our microphones, uh, thanks to our silent reporter, Randy Kinsolving. The head official introduced himself, and then he introduced everyone else in the crew and where they would be. You put a name to a face. It was a good sign of transparency, a good sign of sportsmanship to say, hey, you know, we're here for you. We're here to help you. This is who we are. It really broke down the us versus them barrier. That was one of my favorite things I've seen in any game I've been to this year, was how those officials introduced themselves and and kind of made nice with everybody before the game. A lot of games this week were played by Weathered delays. St. Mary's Roan in a nearly two-hour delay. They finished just before midnight. Ripley and Riverside delayed for a long time. They didn't kick off until 9.30, and that game finished after midnight. There were other parts of the state that saw even longer delays. It was easier to call into high school game night for me last week because it was about a quarter to 11. A lot of games were still underway. Football is a sport that is just not conducive to being delayed. Uh, It's not natural. Baseball, you see rain delays. It still isn't natural in that either, but Football and basketball in particular just sports that are awkward to come out of delays. And they happen from time to time, uh, usually over facility issues or weather issues. But it's whichever team can come out of that adversity and deal with that the best, that's the team that's going to come away and win the football game. But again, for as lucky as some people got, there were a lot of people in this area and this state that did not get lucky. And we hope that the weather does not uh, create any further issues. As we know, there are some remnants of hurricanes that are headed this way and that could get here by next weekend. The games of the week this week that we'll look at Magnolia and River in a big one again. Magnolia has had two tough losses in as many weeks, and River's down numbers wise, so that may be a little easier for Magnolia to deal with. But if there's anybody the River's going to get up for at this point of their schedule, you know, Monroe Central and Frontier being the others, I think Magnolia is a the team they'll get up for. So that should be a tighter game than maybe uh, the stats and the records would indicate. St. Mary's has a big one with Ritchie County. Ritchie County is two and one this year, and they're looking to rack up wins as they continue their push to the playoffs. St. Mary's needs to show some signs of life in a hurry or else any hopes of a winning season, much less the playoffs are going to be dashed. That's a Thursday night special more about that one in a second. And PHS Capital, because PHS got Brenton Strange back last week. You'd expect Dylan Shaver to be on his way back in the next week or two. That's a team that's starting to get healthy at the right part of their schedule. Capital, by and large, is the undisputed number two team in Class AAA in this state. Martinsburg running away with Class AAA right now. But everyone largely says, the experts largely say Capital is probably the second best team in the state right now. So that's going to be a big test for Parkersburg High School, one of the biggest games at Stadium Field in some time. So those are the three that I'm looking at this week. Here's our poll question. We've touched a little bit on this issue, but we haven't gone into it the way that I want to go into it next week. Have you attended a high school football game this year? Why or why not? That's going to be a simple yes or no click, but you may want to out yourselves or not want to out yourselves for this one as to why you have or have not. And there are some good reasons to do it. Maybe uh, you don't have anyone to go with, and, and that's a social aspect as much as anything else. There's a lot of things people would rather do on a Friday night than sit alone at a football game. There are also a lot of people that don't have a kid that plays and they don't feel connected to it for that reason. There are a lot of people who just prefer to stay home and and maybe like listening on the radio or watching TV when the TV comes or being able to click on the internet and follow a lot of different games. So, how do you consume high school football? I guess this is the bigger way to ask this, but the question is, have you attended a high school football game this year? Why or why not? Again, that question is posted on our Facebook page, the Eric Little High School Football Podcast. Like us there and answer that question. Our games this week on the stations of Seven Rangers Radio. We've got two games for you on Light Rock 93 Three r St. Mary's and Ritchie County, a Thursday kickoff. Tyler consolidating Calhoun will happen on Friday. Over on WXCR we got that Magnolia River matchup and then don't forget South and Princeton on V96.9. Princeton, a team that South beat last year. South looks to go back to 2-2. Two and two. Uh, Those are our games next week. Thursday, St. Mary's Ritchie, Friday, Tyler Calhoun on Light Rock 93R, Magnolia River on WXCR, and Parkersburg-South Princeton on V96.9. All four of those games will be preceded on their respective night and station by countdown to kickoff at 6. 6 Don't forget to rate us and review us on iTunes. Listen to us on SoundCloud. And if you do rate us and review us on iTunes, I will give you a t-shirt to the Seven Ranges radio station of your choice. Uh, Taryn Malone of Magnolia High School was the first to request that t-shirt and tell me he rated and reviewed it. And thank you, Taryn, for doing that. Your t-shirt will be on its way. And I got to admit here, uh, I only found out today how to look at reviews because I kept expecting email notifications. I kept trying to find it on iTunes. And I couldn't do it. I only, just today, figured out how it is to go find your reviews, the reviews that your podcast has received. So, bear with me on that. And I, I have seen a couple other ones on there. I want to thank all of you for taking the time to do that. I want to thank you all for the kind words. A couple of you I know, a couple of you I don't know, but uh, it means a lot. Uh, and I say that based on the, the username. A couple of you I know, a couple of you I don't know, and it turns out I may know all of you. It means a lot to have the approval of listeners and, and for me to know that this is something that. Is is wanted and is needed out there and that uh, you all are consuming and and, uh, again we want to make this better so if you have recommendations I'm open to those as well but for those of you that have rated and reviewed uh, if you still want a t-shirt to either Light Rock 93R V96.9 or WXCR let me know and I'll send it to you I'll pay the postage don't worry you don't have to pay anything uh, but we'll get you a t-shirt of the station of your choosing that can get to you uh, as soon as as soon as I'm able to get that out but uh, again thank you for rating and reviewing those and I do sincerely appreciate your feedback and your comments that'll do it for us my name is Eric Little. This has been another episode of our podcast. We'll talk to you next week, and enjoy the games, everybody. This has been the Eric Little High School Football Podcast. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and vote in our weekly poll. Come back next week for another new episode, and thanks for listening.